the City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey, everybody. This is Casey Fields. I am the manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Here is the latest from the Dome to Your Home, the association's weekly legislative report for the week of February 18th. The House of Representatives and the Senate met in regular session last week. The House Ways and Means Committee adopted its version of the budget last Thursday. Here are some quick updates on our advocacy initiatives. Flexibility with hospitality and accommodations tax revenue. If you remember, H3132 and Senate 217 were introduced in the House and Senate to give cities the ability to use state and local accommodations and hospitality tax revenue to control and repair flooding and drainage in tourist-related areas. The Senate passed 217 and sent it to the House of Representatives, where it was referred to the House Ways and Means Committee. Keep encouraging your House members to support 217. Local Government Fund Predictability H3137, sponsored by a bipartisan group of House members, was introduced to change the local government fund formula to a more predictable funding level from year to year. The House of Representatives passed House Bill 3137 and sent it to the Senate, where it was referred to the Senate Finance Committee. Keep contacting your senators and encourage them to support House Bill 3137. And reducing wait times for new hires at the Criminal Justice Academy. Good news. The House Ways and Means Committee allocated over $3 million in funding to the Criminal Justice Academy to increase training for officers. With this additional funding, the Academy can increase capacity and decrease wait times for admitting new officers. The House Ways and Means Committee adopted the budget last week, gave final approval to its version. Included in the House Ways and Means Committee's version of the budget are the following items. $11.1 million to the local government fund base amount of $222.6 million for a new base total amount of $233.7 million. The 1% credit for employers' retirement system contributions that was funded in the 2019 budget is again funded in the 2020 budget. There is $22 million in non-recurring funds that are provided as a match for FEMA funds for Hurricane Florence. The non-recurring PTSD funding is not included in the Ways and Means Committee's version of the budget. There is $2 million in recurring funding provided to the Criminal Justice Academy to reduce its funding dependence on fees and fines, and an additional $1.47 million to the Criminal Justice Academy for mobile training. Next, the bill goes to the full House of Representatives for debate during the week of March 11th. The Senate Judiciary Committee passed Senate Bill 386, the Tort Claims Act bill that makes changes to the current act. As amended by a subcommittee, the bill makes a number of changes to the provisions controlling the circumstances under which the state, cities, towns, and counties, and charitable hospitals may be liable for monetary damages as a result of injury caused by the entity or its employees. 386 had several changes that the subcommittee made, including allowing a court to multiply the per-occurrence cap every time the governmental entity was found to have had actual or constructive notice of the defect that led to the injury. The per-occurrence cap is currently $600,000, but another bill, Senate Bill 7, would increase that cap to $2 million. 
Another change the subcommittee made was it allowed an injured party to bring a bad faith claim and receive a potential $1 million recovery against an insurer who is deemed not to have handled a claim in good faith. The last thing it did, it created a catastrophic fund and allows the State Fiscal Accountability Authority to collect assessments from the state, its political subdivisions, and charitable hospitals to finance the fund, which would then be used to pay certain judgments that exceed the Tort Claims Act per occurrence cap. Senate Bill 386 is now on the Senate contested calendar for debate by the full Senate. It joins S7, also on the Senate contested calendar. Senate Bill 7 increases the $300,000 limit on what a single person may recover from the state or a local government to $1 million. It also increases the $600,000 limit for recoveries from a single occurrence of negligence to $2 million. House Bill 3274, the preemption bill that we've been talking about for several weeks now, it remains on the House calendar. 3274 prohibits municipalities from enacting laws related to the ingredients, flavors, or licensing of cigarettes, electronic cigarettes, tobacco products, or nicotine products. It takes away the authority of cities and towns to protect local youth from harmful nicotine products. Your contacts are working. Keep contacting your House members to urge them to ask for a roll call vote on third reading and to vote no on the bill. A companion bill to 3274 was introduced in the Senate, Senate Bill 492. That bill was referred to the Senate Medical Affairs Committee. Please continue to call your senator and urge them to vote no on preemption and no on the companion bill, Senate Bill 492. This week, I've asked Scott Slatton and Tiger Wells to join me on the podcast to give us an update on several things that went on at the State House this week, including utility relocation, and a more detailed update on the changes to the South Carolina Tort Claims Act. Scott, take it away. Hey, Casey. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whenever you're listening to this. Uh, Yeah, let's talk about uh, House Bill 3722. That's the Public Utility Relocation Bill. Scott, that bill is actually... 3799. I apologize. What was 3722? That's a different preemption bill, and Tiger's going to talk. We'll talk about preemption later on. But anyway. You're confusing all of my listeners. 3799 is the Public Utility Relocation Bill, and this is a bill that's the culmination of, gosh, now six years worth of work between uh, cities and counties and special purpose districts and other water uh, providers, water sewer providers across the state that would require the owner of a road project to pay for the relocation of public water and sewer utility lines out of a right-of-way if a road being, um, is being widened. This bill was passed by the Senate last year. Uh, a House version of this bill made it onto the House floor, uh, but unfortunately both of those bills were stopped, and so they were reintroduced this year, and um, the bill was heard for the first time in a subcommittee this week. But prior to that uh, hearing, we received word from uh, one of the interested parties, um, particularly the South Carolina Department of Transportation, that they wanted to have some sort of a sunset provision attached to this bill. We found out about this on Tuesday morning, just prior to a Tuesday afternoon subcommittee hearing, which was uh, obviously very last minute and kind of threw a wrench into the works for all of the parties involved 
Uh, along with our water, our water partners, we have been negotiating with the Department of Transportation to put in some oversight provisions uh, that that they were concerned about. They wanted to make sure that the project that that the uh, the intent of the bill was going to work uh, the way it was supposed to, or the way it's envisioned into the future. And uh, we think we've reached some compromise language on that. We've, we've got some concepts that uh, the DOT is uh, preliminarily uh, happy with. The uh, subcommittee members were pleased to hear that we were working together to, uh, to uh, address their concerns. But that just goes to show that uh, despite all of the groundwork that you lay sometimes, uh, last-minute uh, cold feet, if you will, can uh, slow a bill down, and then you have to kind of back up and figure out how to move forward. We hope that it's going to get rescheduled uh, for a subcommittee hearing again next week uh, with that compromise language that will only provide some oversight and some accountability measures, some performance measurements uh, that DOT wants to see. It's not going to affect the way the bill is actually used by cities and towns across the state if it were to pass. So, Scott, it sounds like even though the subcommittee adjourned debate on the bill, there's a future for the bill with all the partners and the subcommittee members. Certainly there is because uh, the bill, one of the primary sponsors of the bill uh, is uh, Representative Tommy Stringer from uh, the northern Greenville County area, and he is uh, the chairman of the subcommittee as well, so he has an interest in seeing this move forward. Great. Thanks for the update. Tiger, we've got two bills on the Senate contested calendar that deal with changes to the Tort Claims Act. Where do we go from here? Uh, well, first, first, I guess to just give a real quick uh, recap, uh, S-386 is the most recent bill to hit the Senate calendar, and it just came out of uh, full committee earlier this week. This is a companion bill of sorts to the S-7 bill that came out several weeks ago, uh, which adjusted up uh, tremendously the, the liability caps for the Tort Claims Act. Uh, 386 does some other mischief uh, to the Tort Claims Act in its current form. Uh, it creates a, a third-party bad faith claim against insurers who do not engage in meaningful negotiations uh, uh, related to claims, whatever that means. Uh, and it also uh, does further mischief to the definition of occurrence and occurrences uh, so as to, to potentially multiply the liability that local governments and the state itself uh, could face if they are successfully sued. Uh, so there, there's a lot that needs to be fixed with both of these bills. Um, there is a, a good public policy way to address the issues that the senators are trying to address, but the current bills, S-7 and 386, are missing the mark by a long shot. So we hope to can continue to um, keep those, hold those bills at bay until they can be fixed. And I think the sponsor of both of these bills, Senator Malloy, he expects further conversation and further work on the bill from all the stakeholders. Absolutely. He's, he's signaled that as well as a number of the members of the subcommittee um, that held three subcommittee hearings on, on this bill. And I think two subcommittee hearings on the other bill um, have made it clear that they do expect a lot more work to be done on the floor. Thanks, Tiger. Thanks, and thanks, thanks, Scott, for coming in here and joining the podcast this week. You can always access bills that were introduced last week and bills that received action from a subcommittee or a committee through our legislative tracking system. Be sure to follow the legislative team on Twitter 
and check back next week for the latest in municipal legislative news from the South Carolina State House. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.